Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fast walker as well. Oh, sorry, yeah, I, <laughs> I, so I am, I am, I am terrible. That I just have like a one. I said, ah, it's got one speed and it's go. Yeah, it's a proper like, boy walk. Yeah, it's like... I, I was like, slow down. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> uh, well, I guess we've started part two. So welcome everyone if you're yeah. joining us in part two now. Yeah, but a great slowly. job for you guys because you're outdoors and you're getting exercise. That you must be like. Well, we feel very, you know. I think we, I hope we all, you know, feel, all feel pretty grateful. Uh, for it in that sense, you know, there's plenty of stress with it, but it's such a fantastic thing, isn't it? You can yeah, look at this it to is. Do. You just come out and record a podcast like this. Well, you must like, because some jobs you can go home exhausted and sometimes yeah. deflated, and actually this must be one of the jobs where you feel oh, quite yeah. re-energised. Oh, yeah. And... It's my fa- I think the stomp cast is... Uh, I think it's my other than the only thing I'd add, the only other thing that competes very closely is school visits, but I think that's the pure yeah. sense of, like, happiness of, like, this is why we're doing this, this is why the mental health matters. There's, there's well, a, this is how a, I listen to podcasts feeds the fire. Like yeah. Uh, that goes in. Oh, you listen to the podcast while ha- walk, Last walking. Last yeah. walking, yeah. So I think it's a really clever idea because it's really connecting back to... It's just lovely. Like, I feel great because you come along, you know, I learn something every week. You can inspire, like, some things you've said already. I take yeah. away and it, it does, it does quite literally affect me and my life. Okay. Uh, you know, I started this podcast a year and a quarter ago, something like that. And I, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of weight I've made lots of lifestyle changes yeah I, so many of the things I take out of each episode and learn I, I apply you know not everything not everything I'm going to hear you, you have different people different opinions not everything I'm going to yeah. agree on everything everyone says or think that's applicable to me but you do you take things home and you go well actually I'm going to take that mindset of that thing it's so funny because when I saw you today I was like wow you look completely different but I try not to comment on anyone's no, no, appearance I get it, yeah. because I actually think we talk a lot about don't comment on women's appearance uninvited. Mm. We're not quite there with that yeah. conversation with men. Well, I really, appreci- I really appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind because I, it, it, I think it is such an obvious, huge change. I, yeah. you know, it's, I've, I don't, I, I haven't weighed myself in exactly, but it's, you know, five, six stone of weight loss. But that, yeah. it's, that is a it's result. It's radical. It's radical. And it's a result of changing the way I'm living, not the act. I, I never had weight as the desired. The, obviously, I was like, well. I was very aware that I was, I was aware that I was obese in my BMI actually, but that was never the primary thing I was trying to work on because I knew that to change like with your mindset almost, to change the outcome, you've got to change the process. Yeah. So I think the problem fundamentally things like diets and sometimes even like mind hack ideas that if they don't actually go into the why and what and how oh, that you live your life. It doesn't work, does it? No, well, it adds to disordered eating. It adds to failure. It adds to, well, I can't even complete the most basic goal or task. And sometimes this, like, goal-driven sort of culture that you see on platforms like Instagram and TikTok can make up of people think, well, everyone's doing this and succeeding and I'm not. And I think what you touch on there is it's lifestyle 
And usually, if we are in any kind of addiction or unhealthy coping mechanisms, mm. it's because there's a root problem, there's yeah. like a root cause. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you look great. Thank but, you. But yeah, I didn't want to comment because I no, sometimes I like, think... No, I appreciate it. I it's someone's health, it. isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's like we're working yeah. together today and that is yeah. that prying if I start commenting No, on I, health, I think it's, I, it comes from a good place. It comes from, I think the issue when it comes to commenting on people's weight changes, when it comes from a place almost where... The, the, it's like almost like a backhanded kind of compliment or like an attachment of worthiness to it. What I mean by that is that yeah. I'm no more or less worthy or valuable as a person when I was 20 plus stone than I am yeah. now. I think it's fine to go, you know, wow, you've worked on something really hard. You've been exercising, you've been eating well and you look great. I think that's fine. As everyone long as it doesn't does attach it, it yeah. to something like worthiness. So everyone worth. does it to me where mm. they will say, oh, you're still beautiful anyway. Like in spite mm, of, and mm. it, and it's like, well, I work with lots of people who have been burnt to, in, to different degrees in different ways. So if they aren't as symmetrical as me, or if they're missing a limb or a feature, are they not a beautiful burn survivor then? Yeah. yeah. And if I'm still beautiful anyway, is that completely like losing sight of what everything mm. I stand for and everything I'm doing and. You know, why is that the focus for a woman with a disfigurement? Yeah. Like, who said that was my goal? The, the statement is, uh, the way I see it, it's like, for example, you are beautiful, or you look, you know, you are looking really healthy, or Alex, yeah. you're looking really great. There's the statement, because you're, it's you're, an you're opinion, just, anyway. it's an opinion of how, how you are in this, like, you're giving a positive opinion on that. And when you start going like, you look great, like, gosh, you know, yeah, you really, shifted the pounds that you didn't look quite when you start applying judgment to the before because then you go well oh, yeah. hang on does that mean back then you thought that i was i know that's where the problem is the trouble is it comes from a really good place it and does. i get it it does and we've all been clumsy mostly mostly yeah mm. um but i suppose for me um it's the difference of i suppose having a disfigurement or a burn or a scar in a hidden area versus a main point of communication like your face it feels like public property so people can comment on right. it and maybe the same if you've like you said you talked about having acne i think if your skin issue is on your face it does become a free-for-all mm. sometimes what do you feel about then i guess boundaries with that and like in in your life and in your experience you know, you're, you're such an open person you you kind of you've been you know you you've shared you know even in the time we spent today very openly about stuff that's very deep and very personal to you how do you have the boundaries and do you do you feel sometimes oh this is too far right how do you deal with that i guess in a day to day when as you said it's a visible thing yeah it's a good question because i've definitely got it wrong at times in my life and you can overshare at the detriment of going home and you said the word earlier getting the ick you can give yourself the ick and you can go home and feel a little bit sort of violated mm. but i think it's context because say things like the skin hero campaign that mm. we're doing this is where story sharing connects us with others and uncovers something that is seen as a minority but actually mm. isn't so you know like living with a visible difference in society is hard because when people aren't exposed to something regularly they develop fear around it and then in a british way they whisper and they shush and they don't stare and then the education is kind of stumped and nothing is ever evolves or is understood so what campaigns and, and other various forms of media and television do is they give a platform to this and a safe platform where we can talk about it and connect. So I think it's doing it in safe spaces, doing it because you want to, but having your parameters. So, you know, I mean, online it is a bit of a free for all. People will always comment on my skin and my mm. face 
good and bad. Mm. But if I'm out enjoying a trip at the zoo and someone comes up to me and asks me quite direct questions, I kind of have a little script where I'm like, thanks for your interest, I'm fine now. Um, lovely to meet you, have a good day. And I kind of shut them Close down. That, yeah. Like firm, but fair, you know. And considering the people I'm out with for the day that don't want to hear a whole well, traumatic well, story. Also, well, also, it's kind of that thing, I guess, that that is, you know, your, your life is, is a million and one other aspects of your life and like then you otherwise are constantly having to kind of go over some a part of your life that is a part of your yeah. life in every part of your life does that make sense are you out with the yes. family you want you you are there as the as a mother yeah you know you're there as a family member you're there to in, as a person to enjoy say, yeah. the day in the park that is the person that you are do you, you know are. what i mean that's the mind you're in then i don't yeah. think it's online yeah. though i'm actually i am so genuinely proud of who i am like i mm. never and this is no shade to people that do use apps and Photoshop mm. because I think when we shame people for editing, we're still full circle shaming people for their appearance and their, their thoughts and feelings about themselves. But I choose to, to not do that. So when I get comments maybe from people that haven't been exposed to visible difference before, it, it kind of doesn't hurt me. I, I see it as this is great. This person has genuinely never seen this before, doesn't understand it. Maybe it does scare them and I can change that. Um, so that's not a negative thing for me. And I think on your smartphone, there's a sense of you are in control. Mm -hmm. I see that there is almost a degree of separation. Yeah, you can kind of control what you engage or don't engage with to, yeah. to a degree. So, you know, with the, with the Roche Posay's skin here, have you had kind of feedback from people already? I'm, I'm pretty sure you, ha you have. Like, talking about their experiences because often I thought I find interesting is with storytelling is that often when you share a story whatever that is about actually for the other person it gives them a sense of I guess validation turning perhaps or permission and inclusion to, yeah. to, to inclusion yeah. to actually go or oh, actually I find I feel similarly or I have these yeah. feelings or this happened to me oh I've had people stop me on the street because of the campaign I've had the, the public messages the private messages you know, people that have hidden things for years that are now dressing differently in the summer mm. and showing things. People that wake up two, three hours before work mm. to put on loads of makeup to mm. hide things who are now feeling more liberated and more seen and more represented, which I think is amazing because I don't come from a place of always being like this and the expert. I come from the place of wearing hats over my face, loads of makeup and not wanting to go to places, dropping out last minute of social things because I felt ashamed and it felt like such a big mountain to climb. So it's really great to meet people that are suddenly like just coming out of these shackles because I remember mm. that feeling. Um, and all we ever really have is, is this, right? And this whole comparison, you know, sometimes particularly if we're talking about the virtual online world, you end up envying or being jealous of something that doesn't even exist because mm. it's this creation mm. of perfection that we all know is nonsense. It's just a lot of rubbish, <laughs> yeah. So you waste like the good years, you waste all this valuable time threatening and worrying about these things and the best thing you can do is, is take control of your life so with La Roche-Posay like I said it was recommended to me by a physio mm. because it's a dermatologist recommended product mm -hmm. so they knew that it was going to be suitable for my skin and I had physical symptoms so things like my sleep was affected because I had a lot of um, like tightness and, and itching at night so when I was able to get relief and support my skin then my sleep changed which meant my moods changed I wasn't dipping and being as irritable and as angry. And then when I had regular sleep, I was waking up in time for breakfast, so then my diet changed. And it's really weird, but from one thing, like seeking the right product and being consistent, everything else starts to 
tune up a bit and you get back to this routine where I suppose like what you said, you're looking after yourself and lifestyle is changing, not quick fixes. You know, this has opened up a part of a conversation I wanted to go into around people's perception of skin and what it is. I mean, in part, in part one, you said um, skin is your biggest organ. It is, and skin is the skin is amazing. It is the first thing you see. It is obviously a big part of our uh, identity. Skin is also incredible in terms of protecting us. It is a physical barrier to the outside world. It connects with the outside world and absorbs things like vitamin D from light, but also protects us from infection, from bacteria, all these different things. It is so, so intelligent and its ability to heal and so on and change over time. Your skin is incredible, but often, interestingly, I feel that a lot of the time, either in medicine or maybe in general society, it's kind of seen as like a lesser organ. You know, yeah. and, and, and I remember when I was younger. not respected. Not respected in the yeah. same way. You know, I had acne from the age of about 15, and I, it, it comes back every now and then a little bit, but I think towards the late 20s, it is, it, it, you know, through treatment and so on, it's a much better situation with that. I was having really bad cystic acne, particularly in my teens. And my GP, uh, kind of a Welsh rugby playing, kind of, you know, get on with it kind of yeah. vibe, was like, it's teen spots, Worst you know, it's boy person spots. You could have seen, basically. Get on <laughs> with it kind of thing. And, and love him and bless him, an amazing uh, GP. And uh, no, I, I loved him to bits. But that was the kind of mindset at that time. And I think that's, to be honest, what the med schools were teaching us so like you know it's less actually so shame thing. to it as well doesn't it like get on with it yeah you know? just, and, and i think it's just and even think of it in med school skin was like the bit on the side it <laughs> yeah. was literally the bit on the side in many ways which it, when you think about how important skin is the first thing people see it's a, you know so much a part of identity and to me it, it has taken a long time for there to be a shift perhaps in that perception and also seeing it as something to enjoy taking care of like in the morning so i get up and my, my routine is pretty much set. I like my routine. I get up at half six, jump in the shower, cold shower, cut yeah. the cold shower, and then I... Do you do it proper cold, like ice showers? Yeah, cold, and, like, yeah. I mean, I as cold as it'll go. As cold <laughs> as it'll go. Wow. Um, but, I do, but I do warm for the start, and the yeah. last 30 seconds cold. It's very hard to get into a cold shower. It's much easier to turn it and yes. just take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And count to 30. So that's what I do each day. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try that tomorrow. <laughs> it, it's actually a really good gateway into doing it. Yeah. Because I, I was told that tip by someone who said, yeah, it's really actually hard to step into a cold shower, but do your showering, do your shampooing, do whatever. Oh, and then you blast at right the end. Right at the end, okay. and just turn it to all the way to cold and yeah. count to 30. Okay, and that's you, me tomorrow If you tomorrow do it every day, you'll feel, for the first week, it's really hard, yeah. but it's amazing. Your brain and your nervous system starts adapting to it, and you start feeling less of the cold and more of the boost, the endorphin-ness so of sounds it. Sounds like better than a black coffee. Honestly, yeah. it's amazing. I do that, and actually, then the first thing I do after the shower is grab the coffee, but... The skincare routine is something to be enjoyed. Like I do, I, I usually use um, Effaclar, the cleanser, in the shower. Yeah. Uh, and then I jump out and I put my Tellarion in, in the morning. And I'll either add Enthelios for the, the cream for the SPF yes, protection. Yeah, yeah. So that's your sun cream. Really, really important. Well, uh, we're so behind spray. this country. I use the Enthelios every day. Yeah. Uh, and I mean all year round, three, six, five days a year. Yeah, so I keep as you it. Must. Yeah, absolutely. I keep it in my makeup bag. So rather than think of it as skincare that I might forget, when I sit down to do my makeup, it's my first base before I put it's any so, other makeup. It's so so important. Do you know, what I find again, yeah. this is, and we're going to come on to um, education in a minute and how important that is. But you know. The, the routine is really important, but you know, understanding just doing the fundamentals is the most yeah. important. Like you should, you should cleanse, you should moisturise the highest straight the skin. But the SPF is so important. Whether that's Antelios, I use the 
cream or use the spray if I'm kind of running out the door. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the time, I think women are much better at this, whether you use SPF all year round, more likely. But for men, a lot of men don't wear SPF at all I think or think, oh, in the winter you don't need it. Yeah, they think of it as a holiday product. And I think there's bad education around Factor 50 because with La Roche-Posay, you don't get that thick white zinc no. finish. No, no, no. You don't get lots of blockages and blackheads from it. Um, so it's a completely different product that's invisible in the face. But mm. yeah, I, I find also like British culture when it comes to skin is very much um, reactive rather than proactive. It's true. So, you know, I went to France for my burn recovery, which is obviously why I found La Roche-Posay. It's a French product. Um, and their culture is so different. You know, here you would see a dermatologist at crisis point with your skin. You wouldn't see a dermatologist for something that we might see as a minor skin complaint or or just exploring how to look after your skin. You just mm. wouldn't see them like that. So I think for me, it's about my skin is a lot better than it was when I was first burnt, obviously. But I don't now stop everything I'm doing. I stay consistent. I stay proactive. I use the Cicaplast range. Um, and I really, you know, for me, I'm into skincare. I've always been into skincare even as, as a teenager. So I actually enjoy not just the product, but the process. So like a big part of um, burn rehab is massage. Um, so you massage the skin to help the scars not get mm -hmm. tough and tight. But there's something about the psychology of um, new face, new identity, and not being afraid to touch it and like massaging it and reconnecting with your skin. Um, identity, like understanding, like even closing your eyes and knowing who she is, you know, there's like a real healing part of that journey. So I do think skincare went, it sounds so cliche, but it did go skin deep with me. It was like a reconnection with identity. There is a, there is a interesting thought there, I guess, around, you know, is skincare just about skincare? So is it just about the physical, you know, hydrating your skin or protecting against the sun? Or is it also, because a big growing area in dermatology, psychodermatology, which I can assure you I'd never heard of at med school, even probably a couple of years afterwards. But it's kind of that relationship, that connection between mind and, and, and skin. And I find and kind of what the point I was coming to um, in my morning routine is that I find it's actually a big part of like self-care as well. I feel because I look after my skin, yeah. I therefore look after me. And if I look after me, I feel better about it. I feel better about me. Well, it sets you up for the day because if you look at the opposite of when we, we start to decline and we get depressed, we don't shower, we don't clean yeah, our teeth. We don't, if we're not seeing anyone, we don't wash our face, you know, mm. but when we get into a bad place in mental health. So yeah, I think it creates accountability. We know we thrive in any routine. Um, so that it's almost like saying self-respect, self-worth, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is how I show up for myself. Even things like when you work from home, um, I don't know about you, but like me as a woman, if I still do all my routine, put on a nice jumper, mm. brush my hair, I show up and present in a more mm. assertive and confident way yeah. on that yeah. call, even if it's camera off. Yeah. When I was at med school, obviously, we did a lot of exams and things, and I would always dress, I'm not saying suit and tie here, but anyone laughs, so you can imagine we turn up to the exam in suit and tie. With the but, Crocs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> literally with the Crocs with a loaf of comfort, because that is comfort is king. But I would actually, you know, go against all my comfort is key for the exam, and I actually would dress relatively, I'm not saying, you know, you know, pair, you know, pair of smart jeans and a nice shirt or a nice jumper or something, because you feel... In the zone. You're in the zone, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're in the parts, and I think that psychology is, it, it really works. And, you know, getting up, you're right. When, if you, 
you know, a lot of the time I work from the flat, um, and, you know, say if we're working from there for the day, I do the same, I get changed, like the, yeah, the Abby yeah. and the girls don't come in, I'm in my, you know, joggers and, you know, yeah. uh, comfy hoodie, you know, generally I try and, you know, dress for the day and be prepared, and I think that morning routine, well, you're including saying skincare, this is, is part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've totally... I'm with you on this. You're saying this is me and you're commanding a level of treatment from others because mm. this is how I treat myself. And like people have always said to me, oh, you're so glamorous. And I always think, am I? Or do you mean when somebody's had something like this happen to them and they fall into a category of burnt or disabled mm. or facially disfigured, you don't expect them to be interested in clothes, fashion, beauty, hair, makeup, skincare, you know. I mean, people, if you said a couple of years ago to people that I am part of a skincare campaign, I think I'd almost be trolled online about that because I think people don't associate someone like me with something like that. So for me, it's really important to show up and say to the world, this is who I am. And I'm definitely doing it for me. And I suppose for the younger me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With, um, with regards to dermatology, I, it's interesting. So I, in my mind, when I think of a dermatologist, I think of a very tertiary specialist level of yeah. care, which often I'd attribute with specialist level of need. Mm -hmm. So, and, and what's really interesting is what you said about other countries where you're using expertise, but early. So you're not like, yeah. there's is a mismatch in this country almost where we're seeing, yeah, we're seeing it as like, okay, this problem, say acne, for example, this acne is so bad that they need to see a dermatologist yeah. rather than like this person's got acne, let's get into a dermatologist early. Now, of course, there's issues with waiting lists and, and, and so on. Yeah. But do you think there needs, from your perspective, be a shift differently, you know, or towards that early intervention? Perhaps I'm leading you down the path of that one, but I don't know, for me, it, I feel like I would have had a much easier time, for example, with yeah. acne if I'd had the specialist input early, known what I'm doing, had a bit of education, would have saved me a lot of time and oh, you know, stress. I think it's a really difficult conversation because, you know, I work with the NHS through my Burns charity. I, I owe the NHS my life. Mm. They are amazing. Um, but they can only do so much. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't like to contribute to, like, conversations where you hear people on podcasts saying go and see a therapist and everyone's mm. like I'm trying to there's a two-year waiting yeah, exactly. list so sometimes that's three that. to five years for certain things yeah and yeah. I'm sure with dermatology it's very similar at the moment um so yes you know and I've have experienced unfortunately being given the wrong mm. advice by people that were well-meaning and going off with tubs of cream on prescription that actually hindered um my yeah. progress 
But, you know, I don't think it's about accusing people of, of mm. doing... Especially in the NHS, people are doing the best they can with Absolutely. what they've got and they're doing some incredible things. But I suppose the positives are there's so many um, platforms now that are verified and uh, they are attached to dermatologists. There's videos, there's content that you can seek out. And I don't just mean sort of unauthorised bloggers giving mm. their own experiences, which can be helpful too. But I mean, with La Roche-Posay, you know, scan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they they work with dermatologists and doctors, so you can get good advice on on TikTok and Instagram. Mm. You can seek stuff out. Um, so things have changed, and I suppose the accessibility of. I remember thinking, my mum saying to me, oh, we don't know what to use in your skin. Well, we have to order things from America. How will we find it? How will you afford it? You're on disability benefit. And actually, no, it turns out I go to Boots and, you know, it's a, it's a reasonable price um, for the product that I'm getting. So accessibility has definitely improved. Conversations have widened. Platforms have increased. But yes, absolutely, you should seek um, a dermatologist. But I that's think it's, not... it's having, you know, restructuring how we see things as some of it. So, you know, it takes time to take 10, 20 years to train more dermatologists. Mm. But if we look at increasing the number of dermatologists now, that will benefit people in the future. But yeah. then it's looking at the other things, like you said, what, what attaches around that? Well, perhaps we can make sure, so at medical school, that there's adequate teaching around skincare. It's definitely yeah. not something I was taught about at school, but it's really, really helpful because then you can talk to your patients, you see if you're a GP. And also, a big thing I'm really interested in, and I'd love to get your thoughts, is how how much should we be teaching this at school? So when you're doing things like biology or teaching about, like, say, a life science thing, should we not be teaching about things like this? Like, you know, in actual fact, for most people, a fundamental skincare routine isn't that complex. No, it's not. For most people, it is that complex. But until recently, until probably six, seven years ago, I thought, well, if I have acne, I can't use a moisturiser. Yeah. That's, that, that, that isn't true. Such of course, the, 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 the type of moisturiser you use is important depending on your sensitivity yeah. of your skin. And I had sensitive skin and I had to try and use certain ones. And that's, that's actually how I found uh, La Roche-Posay originally was because I was like, oh, I need to actually use a moisturiser. Yeah. Well, what can I use? But that misinformation has Year, years of consequence. That makes sense. Whereas yeah, we teach that at school and go, right, yeah. fundamentally, these are the basics you need to understand. That can be at school, can't it? Yeah, and it should be. I mean, my nine-year-old now is sort of coming into this sort of stage of PSHE where they're talking about deodorant and, you know, lots of other things to do with, like, personal yeah. care and well-being. So I think that would be an amazing improvement into the curriculum if they could be taught, like you said, about the fundamentals. And, and you know, I was a beautician. I worked as a beauty therapist. So I sat there in the theory lessons learning about the dermis, the epidermis, the subcuticus layer. So I, I think it's important to understand the why. Yeah, You know, not absolutely. just, it's okay, you can yeah. use moisturiser. Why can I why use moisturiser? and understanding that so yeah I mean there is some good stuff on TikTok now like my daughter Definitely. she likes to copy skincare that she there's sees there's some great stuff. you see dermatologists on there you've got you know what we share on, on our stories and, I, and we yeah. share our experiences and, and you know our understanding and expertise in, in these things and, and and I think that's where you know there's it's easy to kind of bash on social media but I think we both I think I hope you know I think we both agree that there's such good sides to it as well and oh, this is a is. really good yeah. example of that is that you know you can get information that actually should be shared to everyone shared to everyone yeah you and couldn't get that years beautiful. ago you could you couldn't get it's so hard to get that information for example with skin stuff you'd have to try and see a dermatologist to find out the information yeah. whereas now you can get that information 
much more accessibly. Yeah, and I think it's like, you know, we talked about comparison earlier. Sometimes you'll get like buzzwords in the beauty industry, particularly around like um, acids and peels, and then everyone's suddenly buying uh, different like hydrochloric acids for their face and not knowing how often to use them, not understanding about in conjunction with SPF. So don't make someone else's skin journey yours. Mm. You know, there's mm. like me and you, we use the same mm. product range, but we don't use the same products in that range. No, that's you know? very true. It, your skin is, your skin literally is, it is unique. Um, yeah. And that's why I think that fundamental knowledge at school, plus so having access to good information and plus specialist care if, if and when that's needed. Yeah. Well, it's been a great, I, I love, I'm so, I'm naturally a very uh, nerdy person and I love these kind of chats about things. We can really <laughs> delve into the topic. We've really gone deep into it. And, and the time has flown in part two. So yeah. we've come to the end of part two. We only have part three left, of course. So in part three, we're gonna be delving into some of the things that you're working on. Of course, your amazing uh, foundation and hopefully a few more life lessons that you can share with us all. Right guys, I'll see you all in part three. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.